Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today I'll be interviewing Mike Duffy. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So, Mike, how long have you been uh, golfing? Well, that's that's a great question because I I am what's called a COVID golfer. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hated golf until June 11th of last year. And that's when my sister called me up and my wonderful dad had passed away a couple of years ago and she was settling out the estate and she said, I'm going to send you a check for twenty eight hundred dollars. And I said, oh, I said, you know. I, I want to do something with that as kind of a memorial to my dad. I don't just want it to disappear amongst the bills in my checking account. I said, you know, I've been thinking about golfing. And she said, oh, Michael, she says, that would make daddy so happy because he was a great golfer and he always wanted to do golf. I said, I know. I go, I've been looking at Facebook and it's the one thing that my friends all around the country are doing and they've got big smiles on their face. I think I'm going to give that a shot. So I went out that day. I bought the cheapest set of clubs for $430. And uh, I started golfing. And I, I can tell you this, from somebody who couldn't even stand people talking about golf, to now realizing that golf is such a wonderful social game that you can do during COVID. I, it's, it's become an old friend of mine and I can't wait to golf more places around the world. Wow. That's an interesting story. So your dad was into golfing already, you know? Yeah. He, you know, he, he golfed his whole life until the age of 80 when his doctor said he had to give it up. Uh, but it meant a lot to him. Um, and he was a scratch golfer. Uh, I just never had any interest in that. It was too slow for me, but now that I'm 53, Flow is good. <laughs> wow. It's amazing how uh, something we look at uh, and observe at a certain age and stage in our lives, how we could just uh, say, oh, no, that's nothing. But as we evolve and go through life, we change to some degree or we see things a little differently. Absolutely. And that's the joy of the adventure of life. You know, I, I'm. For the last decade, with my books and with my public speaking, I've guest lectured at Stanford. I have a TEDx talk on happiness, um, and all five of my books are on happiness. I, and the reason why is because when I was 17, my mom passed away in three months of cancer. So a very happy kid became a very sad kid. And because money was always tight, I had to come up with a way without therapy, without the cost of therapy, to get back to happy. So that started a pursuit that led to a degree in psychology, that led to reading every book I could possibly find on happiness, on joy, on well-being, on success. It's been my lifetime pursuit. And I can tell you that, yes, life does change. And what was important to you when you were 17 or 25 or 30 or 40, it changes as life goes on. The good news for the folks that are listening right now is that in your 40s, your happiness starts to climb and continues to climb 
throughout the rest of your life if you do it the right way. That's average studies on happiness. You don't need to be average in this wonderful life. If you look at even your difficult times as an adventure, as if you're on a roller coaster, you need those thrilling moments when you're falling in order to make the ride worth getting on. So embrace it, embrace the challenges, learn, stretch and grow through the tough times like we're having right now. And when the ride is over, you'll have a smile on your face. I was about to ask you about that because you do so much work in happiness. There's always a reason for, and you uh, talked about your mom passing away when you were 17, I believe. Yep. And that uh, was a sad point in your life. Um, How long did that sad point last? I would say it lasted about three years. About three years. Yeah. Okay. And during that time, you made a decision, I guess, to yes. in, uh, go in a different direction because you could have just continued on on that path, um, even though something, you know, that's a, a life changing event when someone uh, who you love uh, passes away. But you could have just stayed in that place of somber and never come out because we have some people who've been in that place for maybe five years, 10 Mm -hmm. years, 15 years, and they're listening right now. And what would you say to them? This is what I would say. I'm going to I'm going to suggest something radical. You know, Abraham Lincoln was asked to go to a great inspirational speaker by a friend. And afterwards, they walked out of the uh, entertainment venue and the friend said to Abraham Lincoln, what did you think? He said it was terrible. He goes, what do you mean? There was got a standing applause. He said there was no call to action. If you are going to waste your breath and stand in front of people, you need to inspire them to a call to action. Here is my call to action. I want everybody that's listening to the sound of my voice right now, stop drinking alcohol for the next month. Throughout this great country, there are dive bars all over the place filled with people who have not moved on from the trauma and tragedy that has once beset them. And some of them will stay in that dive bar for the rest of their lives. Break out of that dive bar. And maybe it's not alcohol that's weighing you down. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's just a pity party. But let's start with alcohol. I gave up alcohol almost eight years ago. And this is what I can tell you. That's when the best part of my life started. There's something that a lot of folks don't know when you don't do drugs and when you don't do alcohol, there is no release. So you can't get through your lousy job and say, well, on Friday, I'm going to get smashed or I'm going to have a few drinks to calm down. When you're not doing drugs and alcohol, there is no release valve. So what happens is you have to come up with productive things to have that kind of release. And that's when creativity shows up. That's when energy shows up. That's when volunteering shows up. That's really when happiness shows up. So give it a shot. Stop drinking alcohol for a month. And at the end of that month, challenge yourself to another month of not drinking alcohol and see how wonderful and what places your life takes you. Mm -hmm. Great. Because 
we there are so many diversities diversity of thought and people experiences and right now we have such an influx of things that distract us if yeah. we are not careful we will not feel life and really experience life because yeah. life is to be experienced in the present moment because we have internet we have music we can listen to 24 7 we have just phones we have everything to keep us distracted and when we don't develop uh, the natural things that we should develop within ourselves, disappointment, rejection. If we don't develop this muscle, it'd be automatically responses that are detrimental to us. So you have people who commit suicide because someone didn't accept them uh, in various other uh, instances. But I believe it's because the muscles haven't been built the relationships haven't been built in person because it's different being online and in person. And we have to uh, develop those muscles uh, in order to be successful in order to, like I said, to build those muscles up. So sometimes we, a person who might be really sad, they might be so preoccupied with the past and just constantly rehearsing the past over and over again. And people who are anxious, they're constantly uh, thinking about the future. But life is in the present moment. Yes. It's to be lived in the present moment. We plan for the future, of course, but life is right now. Yep. So how can I create, how can people begin to create their best and live their best life now, despite COVID, despite the breakup, despite all of these different things that befall us in our lives? Maurice, I am so, now that for me, that's a softball question. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for throwing that softball right down the pike at me. I want everybody that can hear the sound of my voice to either take out a piece of paper and a pen or to take out your phone, go to the notes app or something similar and write down these three letters. It's P plus P equals H. And what that stands for, that's my happiness formula. What the first P stands for is purpose. The reason why a lot of people are on drugs or alcohol is because they haven't defined the purposes of their life. They are adrift going from one wanton self-entertainment to the next. So the other P is progress. You need to progress in life, to reach, stretch, and grow, to be the best self that you can be before the lights go out. And then the H is happiness. So purpose plus progress equals happiness. Now, how does that work out? Well, let me show you. When I invented this exercise, I wrote down all the purposes of my life. So the first purpose is to be the best husband I can to my wonderful wife. My next purpose is to be the best father to my wonderful, wonderful kids, 15 and 12. Another purpose is to be the best financial advisor in the world. Now, on the right side of the paper, next to where I wrote, be the best husband in the world, 
I decided long ago that it's cheaper to hire a babysitter than it was to divide, to hire a divorce attorney. Okay. Mm. So when my wife and I got married, I said, look, there is a word that starts with D and we are never going to say it because it's not productive. And I told my wife, if she ever leaves me, I'm coming with her. (laughs) (laughs) So for the progress step, I, I told my wife, I said, look, I'm going to be in charge of the babysitter. I'm going to take that off your shoulders. The only thing you have to come up with every Saturday night is what restaurant you want to go to and what movie you want to see, if that's what you want to do that weekend. And then for my kids, uh, to coach them in everything they've ever done. You name it, I've coached it. Now, being sober for the last eight years or so, really helped me because when you're a kid's coach, you've got to get up early on Saturday morning, which Mm. means you can't be hungover. You're doing everybody a disservice if you're a hungover kid's coach. It's just not fair. So that was great. Um, And then, you know, to be the best financial advisor in the world, number one, treat my, my clients like family. I love my clients. I genuinely are so grateful for the people that have trusted me with their hard earned money and to provide them the best products and services in the world. Now, as a result of that, what does it take you, 20 minutes? That's when the happiness shows up. You know, one time I did a, I did a talk and my insurance guy happened to be there. And at the end, he was all excited. And he says, you know what, Mike, you have inspired me. I know that when I am retired, I am going to find a hammock by the beach and I'm gonna drink rum from morning till sunset, and I'm going to be happy and retired. I'm like, okay, you and I need to talk. So (laughs) happiness is not a destination. It's a journey. Mm, Good. So you defined it because I was going to ask you uh, how to define happiness because um, it's like smiling is not necessarily happiness. It could be a part of it, but... uh, having that uh, completeness, I would guess. Yeah, we were all put on this earth for a reason. It is not an accident that you are breathing right now. Go out, make a difference. You know, a lot of people are very angry at the shape of the world, but that's nothing new. This has been going on since, you know... You name it. There's never been a time in human existence when things were perfect. So what can you do about it? How can you stop being angry and go make a difference? You can go make a difference. That's how. What, what, what is your passion? Do you love dogs? Well, why don't you go to a shelter? And, and when people walk in, get to know those dogs and, and really give them a breakdown, an honest breakdown of, which dog would be a great fit for them and thereby saving a dog's life. Do you love people? Well, you can join uh, what's called BNI, Business Networking International. You know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you're owning your own business. Every moment of every day, Monday through Friday, there are BNI meetings in 150 countries around the world sharing referrals. Um, I have a homeless outreach where I've leveraged the Happiness Hall of Fame to help my homeless friends on the street. I one time took my friend, Zach, who was born without the ability to stand. He has to drag himself by the knuckles around and he's homeless in Palo Alto. 
one of the richest neighborhoods in the world. And because I had inducted the San Francisco Giants into the Happiness Hall of Fame and they came out to Stanford to my event every year with their three World Series trophies and they talked about how they make the community happy off the field. I called them up and I said, you know, in my homeless outreach, I have this fantastic guy whose dream is to meet the players of the San Francisco Giants. Do you think we could make Zach's dream come true? And they said, absolutely, Mike. Now notice how the front office of the San Francisco Giants knows my name. Why? Because I gave. I gave them induction into the Happiness Hall of Fame. You see, givers gain. And then how do you leverage this? They said, Mike, not only will we host Zach to meet his favorite players, we will bring him onto the field for batting practice. He'll get to be actually on the field that he loves. And we will do it during the best game of the year. Our hated rivals, the L.A. Dodgers, <laughs> will give them to the premier game. And he was able to meet those uh, players, too. So all of this was created. If you don't like how your life is going right now, create a different life with, for yourself. Mm. So we all know COVID has uh, been going on, impacting the world over a year now. Um, how should people, what are some tips you can give on overcoming uh, this, what can be depressive to some people who are isolated? And for those who may not have family necessarily that they are close to, what are some things they can begin doing? Volunteer. So here, here you know, we're at the other, we're really at the end of the tunnel here with COVID. Yes. You know, I just got my second Pfizer shot two days ago, right? Um, at this point, uh, you know, I, I am going to, with a mask, resume normal opportunities, right? With social distancing. Um, and, you know, so it's not, we're, we're not in the teeth of COVID right now. So we're coming out. So I think right now, first of all, if you can, if you have the opportunity to get a shot, get a shot. Okay, so do something for the rest of the world. Get a shot so that you can't spread the disease, right? And also, you're not going to get sick for the most part. It, at least it lowers the probability. Imagine this was times of polio, right? It's really no different. So do everybody a favor and yourself and get a shot. Once you get a shot, then you can embrace freedom two weeks later. So that's the first thing. And then plan out your life. Instead of seeing, you know, getting on the air and saying how bad things are, get a piece of paper and say, okay, I've got the rest of my life to live. What is important to me? How can I help others? Come up with noble purposes, not, you know, hoarding characteristics. How can I get a better car? How can I get a better house? Let me tell you something. You get a better house, six months later, you're gonna be faced with higher bills. Okay, and it's not going to make you happy. So, so focus on social interactions. Uh, you know, people with no friends are not happy. Don't be those people. Okay, good. So, what made you create the Happiness Hall of Fame? Because you have some really uh, well-known people that you've inducted, teams, and you know, uh, what made you create it? I got sick of reading bad news. Maurice, 
It's just a <laughs> never flowing river of bad news. Now you can wade out into the middle of that river and let it drown you, or you can get out of that river and build beautiful buildings on the bank of happiness, right? And, and create the life that you want. So I wanted to be the antidote for all of the bad news. I wanted to have a place that recognizes, celebrates, and encourages people and organizations that make other people happy. You know, because people need encouragement. Maurice, I applaud you for your life's work encouraging people. So far, everything you said is correct and is true. And if people can listen to what you're talking about, they're going to have in this unfortunately very short life, a much better life by listening to folks like yourself. Now in the hall is Muhammad Ali, Deepak Chopra, Steph Curry, Reggie Jackson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Serena Williams, Derek Jeter, Tony Robbins, Taylor Swift, Christy Yamaguchi, the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity, Make-A-Wish, Ronald McDonald House, Jerry Rice, and on and on and on and on. Let's put the spotlight on these people who dedicated their lives to make other people happy. Let's, let's distract you from the bad news and focus your attention on people that broke free from the bad news to make their lives great for others. Yes, you've uh, mentioned some people and there are many more <laughs> that you've inducted as well. Uh, but do you have a favorite story of uh, Jerry Rice or any anyone? You know, my my favorite story is Muhammad Ali. OK, so as I said, I'm 53. I was a kid when he was in his prime and the excitement that he would generate when he would have, when he would fight, the whole world stood still. I remember being in the playground and we were like, who do you want, Muhammad Ali or his, you know, whoever he was boxing at the time. And I was a Muhammad Ali fan. And I was invited by Muhammad and his wife to come meet him at his museum in Louisville, Kentucky. And I spent a couple of hours with them both. And I learned some outrageous stories about Muhammad. One, that he didn't like boxing. Hello. Mm. And the reason why he didn't like boxing is because he didn't want to hurt anybody. He also didn't want to get hurt, but he didn't want to hurt anybody. But this is just what he had to do. You see, he realized that the platform that he was given could inspire so many people to be their best that if that's something that he had to do in order to keep the inspiration going, he would do it. The other funny story that people don't know that his wife told me, and it's so funny, is that when he was living in Beverly Hills, they had star maps back in the day and people would get off a bus, you know, tourists, and they would you know, the bold ones, the very, very bold ones would come up to the door, knock on the door to try to meet Muhammad. Muhammad would answer the door and he would invite them in. And to these very shocked people, he would invite them to stay for lunch, stay for dinner. And he would say to them, so, uh, you know, where are you staying? And she told me this story. She goes, this one guy said, oh, I just got off the bus from Kansas. I have no place to stay. He goes, yes, you do. You're staying with me. And like 
<laughs> and she said, can you imagine, you know, being in this position where a complete stranger is now staying at your house? And she goes, I would wait till Muhammad would go into town. He would get into his big Cadillac and I would go to the windows and I would see his car go to the end of the block. And I would turn around. Let's say the guy's name was Jerry. Okay, Jerry, it's time for you to go. But Muhammad said later, oh, no, 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 Muhammad, you know, it's time for you to go. You've had enough time here. And Muhammad would come back and he'd be like, where's Jerry? And she'd be like, oh, you know, Jerry, got to keep on moving. Classic Jerry. How was your day? (laughs) And that was Muhammad Ali. All of it was just promotion. He wasn't that person, the braggadocious person. He had to be that character in order to sell the fights. Wow. I've never met him, but I've heard people uh, such as yourself also said that he was a practical joker. Did you experience that? I, you know, I didn't experience that, but I can tell you what the world was a better place for Muhammad Ali. Yeah. So uh, did he tell you how he heard about you? So his wife was a big fan of Dr. Wayne Dyer. And she would listen to Dr. Wayne Dyer's tapes. You know, Wayne was, had a profound influence on my life. Now, for those of you that don't know Dr. Wayne Dyer, he had 10 PBS specials. Yes. And he wrote, I think, over 40 books. And Wayne was famous for, I, say, I think the most famous phrase that he's famous for is change your thoughts, change your life. Yes. You see, our brains are a computer. And what you put in is what is going to come out. So, for example, whenever I have to speak in front of an audience, or to be honest with you, I, I this is such a routine for me now, I don't let in bad things anymore. So there are two kinds of music that science has shown that will make you happy. It's 50s music and classical music. Now, of course, not all of it, but most of it. And you know the difference between happy music and sad music. And so when I drive around, I've Sirius XM, I put on Disney music. I'm going to Disney, by the way, May 14th and 15th. I'm taking my kids 25% capacity. I, I simply can't wait. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, we have to train our brains. So that means no murder shows, no Dateline, no 2020. You know that guy who's like, murder. Don't listen <laughs> to that guy, okay? He's going to bring you down. You don't need who died 20 years ago, you know, and it's usually the husband. It's a dastardly husband who poisoned his wife, right? You don't need to know that story. You know, Bob Dylan said, so many people are trying to find themselves. You don't find yourself, you create yourself. So how they found me is the fact that, uh, you know, Wayne was in the hall. And, and if you're a fan of Wayne, you're a fan of me. Mm, wow. Cool. That's really cool. So I know I can, throughout this interview, I can like literally hear the happy within you. I can like feel the smile that <laughs> is on your face as you speak and express yourself. So when a person is happy, I would say that is also a magnetism that will draw other people like-minded 
into their lives as well. What has been your experience? You know, Maurice, the more I hear you, the more I'm impressed. Everything you say is true. You have to understand that we are social animals. And the more connectedness we get to other people, the happier you will become. Now, how do you attract other people? By meeting people and saying how much you pity yourself or how much, you know, for example, I was, I golfed two weeks ago, right? And one of my favorite things right now to do is walk onto a course. So, you know, the courses are filled. And so if you're a single golfer, you can sneak in, it's not sneak in, you can book yourself into a foursome. Maybe there's only three golfers. And then for the next three and a half, five hours, sometimes you're with complete strangers, but you get to know their story. So I'm golfing with this Google engineer and, and from the golf course, we can see these crazy new Google buildings. They're like half spheres. And he's about my age. And the second thing out of his mouth, it was so strange. He goes, you know, I'm worried I'm going to die young. And he doesn't know who I am. He just knows my first name. And I said, really? I said, why is that? He goes, well, my grandfather died in his 50s and my father died in his 50s. I said, really? I said, did they smoke? He says, well, yes, they both smoked. I said, do you smoke? He says, no, I don't. I said, then what are you worried about? I said, my mother smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. She died at 49. I said, that's not our story. But the thing is, if you are walking up to strangers and, and throwing out, you know, lines like that, do you really think I want to have lunch with that guy? No. So be a magnet of, of, of smiles and happiness. You will attract what you are. So be that creative person. And I can tell you, look, I'm, I'm on podcasts and, and I get hired for corporate events, not because I come on and I talk about how bad life is and I talk about like this. No, I shine a light on how beautiful life is and what a great adventure it is. And people can't get enough. The topic that I talk about is what's called an evergreen Everybody needs it. It never goes out of style. It was in vogue today like it was a thousand years ago. So if you become somebody like myself, who's always throwing out good news and ways to improve yourself and happy stories, you will become more connected. And when you become more connected, you'll be happier. It's like a snowball rolling down a hill. Yes. So uh, when you began this happiness journey, uh, how did your present friends at the time uh, respond to it when they saw you doing these things? You know, it's funny. It's that's a great question. I've never been asked that question. So here's the story with, with what I do and how it gets received. Half the people think it's fantastic. Where have you been all my life? Let's talk about this. Let's have a few laughs. And then I would say about 10% are indifferent. And then 40% think I'm nuts <laughs> for wanting to be happy and trying to learn and seek out other people who are in the same fields. You know, and to me, that's amazing because why would you want to live in a self-pity party? And why would you want to congregate with other people in that same party? I have no idea. But you know what? It doesn't get me down no matter what you are uh, interested in life. You know, this morning I was reading about Robert Goddard 
the father of modern rocketry and how the New York Times said that he was a fool, that there's no way that rockets could ever go into space, right? And, uh, and he just, what was that to him? He just shrugged that off. So you, no matter what you're interested in, there will be doubters to hell with them. Mm, yeah, powerful. Have you had any feedback with people who, who you've helped create happiness uh, as it relates to how it possibly changed their health? Yes. Because of the fact I have a few websites like MikeDuffySpeaks.com and Happiness Hall of Fame, folks get in contact with me. Uh, and I have received marvelous stories of how folks were in a downward spiral and they needed that encouraging word. They needed somebody to tell them that what's going on currently doesn't have to be the story for the rest of their life. And those stories encourage me and it's beautiful. Yes, it's, uh, it's definitely a correlation as well, uh, the way we think. And uh, Dr. Wayne the Dyer has done a lot of work on that. Uh, uh, you mentioned him being uh, a hero to you. I've uh, listened to a lot of his PBS specials as well. And I was like, wow, where on earth has he been? Uh, you know, and he's been he's been doing he had been doing it for a while before, you know, he passed away. But um, the way we think is so important. But when I'm feeling happy, when I'm feeling at peace, it seems as though it opens up another part of me of expression as well. Has uh, have you had any feedback on that as well? Well, you know, companies will hire me for sales improvement. Mm. Because the thing is, when you are happy, when you are at peace, when you have an excited contentment, it opens up a channel of productivity. When you are in a downward spiral that life is not fair, how am I going to pay my mortgage, blah, 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 you're not going to be successful. So happiness is an incredible tool that you need to get to the goals that you're trying to reach at work. You need it to get to the goals that you need to reach in an intimate relationship. So if you are unhappy and you bring that to your relationship, it's not going to help it, especially your love relationships. You see, we have an obligation, whether it's a love relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or, you know, as a parent, um, to, to, to exude a love and an uplifting spirit. Now, there are going to be times when you need to lean on people and you need encouragement, but you, can, you have to limit those times to really a smaller subset of the time you are around people. Otherwise, they will avoid you and you'll bring them down. So happiness is a key to a happy life. Mm. You mentioned your website earlier. What's the name of your website again? So I, I have a few websites. It's Mike duffyspeaks.com and then if you want to watch wonderful videos of people that were inducted in the hall you can go to happinesshalloffame.com and if you have any questions about wealth management you can go to my wealth management site which is happinesswealthmanagement.com 
And how long again have you been doing wealth management and you've brought uh, happiness into wealth management? 30 years. I started as a young kid right out of school in 1991. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to get your money right. And so I have wonderful tools on my website that can help you with that. Did you always know that you were going to go in that uh, financial sphere? You know, I thought about getting a PhD in psychology. I've got a bachelor's. And at the last minute, I was like, you know what? I don't want to listen to people's problems all day long. <laughs> uh, and so uh, a friend of ours worked on Wall Street. I got a job as a secretary and it just went from there. Uh, to, to be honest with you, uh, money's a very important component of people's lives. We don't get educated in school on money. So there are so many functionally illiterate people when it comes to their finances. And I help correct that. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we definitely and that could definitely be a source of discontentment if you feel that you don't have enough uh, for sure. So that's a great service you're offering the world. Um, wow, you just a uh, beautiful person, Mike. Um, thank you. So are you. Well, thank you. You're bringing so much happiness and uh, sense of contentment. Being content uh, is also a part of happiness. So um, I'm so thankful for you um, as you've worked with so many people throughout the world, uh, many famous and well-known people and people who are not so well-known and just uh, teaching them and influencing their lives as well. So you are to be commended for that. Um, so you've been on all over the world. You've helped, as you said. What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with today? What's your one to grow on? I would like to say that you are the author of the story of the rest of your life. Make that story one of joy one of giving, one of reaching, stretching, and growing as a person. You can make this story one of the greatest stories ever told. The keys to that story are in your hands. So go make a difference. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornary.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.